What's going on, everybody? Welcome to TRB. We are live, baby! Did Did you wake the baby? I don't know. I think we're good. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. Uh, Thanks for joining us. My name is John. That's James. That's Lacey. Uh, We are here to talk about the season finale of Andor. The 12th episode uh, flew by this season as we knew it, it would. I think I think at the first show we did for this, we said before we know it, it's going to be Thanksgiving. And here we are. Uh, Rick's Road, the season finale. Uh, Benjamin Caron uh, directed wonderfully and written, of course, by showrunner Tony Gilroy. Closing this one out, leaving us hanging a little bit as we head into uh, season two in two years, which will take place, as Tony Gilroy confirmed, a year from the season finale. So um, thank you to everyone who is joining us live. Um, just so everyone here knows, make sure you you like the video, you share on social media, let people know that we are live right now to talk about this thing. Um, and uh, of course, we have super chats available if you want your show, uh, your comment read on the show and us to uh, talk about it. Um, but before we get into the show, we just want to make a little announcement here that uh, this is our last show on this channel um nothing is changing from an audio perspective but starting monday we have a new channel so we are starting a over new youtube channel a new youtube channel yeah we're not cbs or nbc or uh, <laughs> abc uh a new youtube channel G-R-B. so yeah to find that you know imagine that'd be nice uh but to find that go to youtube.com and the link's gonna be in the chat youtube.com slash at like that symbol the resistance broadcast and click subscribe because that's where we're going to be starting monday for video uh if you're a podcast listener or you do both the podcast these are the same so whether you're spotify apple wherever that's going to be exactly the same no changes there uh and then another sort of mini announcement is we're flipping our shows a bit because we're going to be going live every week now on thursdays on the new channel and that's going to be our news show where we're going to react to the the news of that week so we don't have to wait you know you typically you all have to wait until the following monday for our takes on the news we're going to be going live every thursday and then the podcast feed of that episode the following morning so friday mornings for the podcast of that episode and mondays will still be mondays but those are going to be our discussion shows now so Mm -hmm. hope that makes sense if you have any questions can't wait to react to news like right when it happens that's what i'm the most excited about yeah, and we're going to be doing other stuff too. Like we're going to have some Willow reactions that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be talking it's so good indie as we're marching up to indie. So a lot of you know close to home under the umbrella Lucasfilm type stuff, and uh, we're just very excited to uh, start fresh with this new channel. Um, but again, for you audio listeners, you don't have to worry about resubscribing anywhere. Whether it's you know Spotify, Apple, wherever you, you're right there. Uh, still on the podcast, but make sure you do subscribe mm-hmm. to that new channel. Link is in the chat if you're joining us live. But again, for our audio listeners who also like the channel, uh, the video version of the show, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast, please subscribe. We appreciate it very much because it takes a heck of a lot to build a subscriber count on YouTube. So we really yeah. uh, are leaning on everyone to join us over there for uh, that new fresh crisp channel, which has a, a, a one of our new banners on it. And I think it looks yeah. pretty sharp. That's a word they say. Sharp. 
Sharp. Yeah, it's a banger, extra, right, Lacey? Ec- it's a banger. It's a banger. Extra effort on on commenting and liking. You know, you guys always have done a, a wonderful job at that. But you know, with with starting a new channel, it always helps. Like right at the beginning, like give it that extra boost. So if you kind of been slacking on that end, it would be greatly appreciated to you know do all those things, like subscribe, uh, share, yeah, um, comment, all those things. Yeah, the whole thing. The bell, the bell. Did you say the bell? The bell. The notification bell. Yeah. yeah. Ring um, that bell for notifications. What we're going to do here is uh, a typical show, except um, we're also going to speculate on season two a bit at the end because there's no next episode of Andor. Uh, but before we do that, um, we will get to our ratings and stuff like that. I know we have some super chats. So, Lacey, why don't we fire those up first sure. and talk about those, and then we'll get to our ratings, which I think could potentially break the Diego scale this week. Mm. first up we have diana hi diana how's it going thanks for the super chat she said happy thanksgiving everyone i'm so thankful for my trb family and congrats to the u3 on your new endeavor thank you diana so much we really appreciate it i love this time of year because i get to be mushy more than usual and be like you guys are the best because you are i should just say it more but this is like one of those times that we were talking about on our recent recording of uh, just being more reflective of what we're thankful for it, which is mm-hmm. you guys more than anything else. They can make no more star Wars, which would be terrible, but I would still be thankful for you guys. What are you guys yeah. thankful for? And well, happy Thanksgiving, Diana. I'm yeah, I'm thankful like a lot of things, of course, like, but for, for this conversation, star Wars specific, uh, sorry. I yeah. That. Def- we're all thankful the- for our families. And like, yeah, I mean the fact that Star alive. Wars is still a thing, uh, and still they're still putting on new Star Wars. It sounds like more movies are coming, which is cool. But also, it is sometimes tough, especially online, to find um, a real warm community, sense of community, and the people who have joined us um, have really built that into something special because it's hard to find that. And uh, it seems like no matter who keeps joining, what we're doing, it's always good people, and uh, that uh, is a special thing. And I'm, I'm glad that. Uh, that's a place for people to go to where they feel like TRB. When I think of TRB, I think of fun, good time talking Star Wars. Good uh, vibes. Those 2015 vibes in 2022. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Diana. Next, we have Andrew Staley. What up, Andrew? Miss you, bud. What's he up, said, congratulations on venturing out on your own. We'll be not joining live this evening. Super thankful for the TRB community. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew. Awesome. I love his Thank photo, you, which is from the 501st party. That was such yeah. a fun night. Oh, and yeah. every time I see his photo, I think of how much fun we had. I had no voice like the next day, and that was like <laughs> day one. <laughs> and and Andrew's uh, making the brave journey of going over to Europe, so we will be yeah, seeing you I can't again, wait Andrew. To see him there. Yeah, soon. Next, we have Mike. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for the super chat. He said, I'm thankful for John, James, and Lacey and all of you in the TRB base. I'm also thankful for Star Wars and bringing us together to nerd out. I agree. Can't be more yes. thankful yeah. for Star Wars. Thank you, Mike. Star Wars has changed my I'm life. I'm thankful that Mike is a drummer. Yeah, I <laughs> love it. Drum and Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least is Miles. Thank you so much for the super chat. It said, Cyril Hello. Khan sounds like Sir Khan? Sher Khan. Sher Khan, like the... Uh, Tiger from Jungle oh. Book. Oh. sounds like Shere Khan. Yes, yes, yes. True, Miles. I love the name Miles too, by the way. Awesome. I like the name Sylvester. He's got it all going on. He's got, he's got it. You've got when it I, all. When I, hear, when I hear Miles, I think of Tails from Sonic because that's his, yes, his yes. first name. Do you know what his middle name is? 
or no, sorry, his 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 last name. God, you're such a nerd. What what is his last name? Prower. <laughs> Prower. Miles Prower. Miles Prower. Yeah. So it's oh. like Prower. God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, right. Miles. Not well, let's, per hour, but <laughs> let's uh, let's speed this show along right past that joke and go to <laughs> our ratings. Joke. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, our rating of the episode. So we'll each uh, give our zero to ten on the Diego Luna scale for the last time until 2024. Um, and then we'll give our averages and then check in with our patrons and see what they scored it at and get a couple of their comments over there. Um, so I'm going to start this week. Um, I gave this one a nine, a crispy elite class nine. I think I've only given out three or so nines out of the whole Disney plus run so far, nine or above, um, maybe four, but a great episode for a lot of obvious reasons that we're going to get into. So I'm not going to dive into too much of them now. Um, but, the uh the the post credits thing was just like man talk about the the cherry the satellite dish on the sunday for me so um nine for me uh we'll go to lacy next i also gave it a nine um i thought this was a really great episode you guys saw my reaction this morning um on the channel as well if you haven't seen it check it out after this stay here but go there after um it was just a really cool action-packed emotional episode it just hit on all cylinders and like it was it made me feel like okay this is what i was expecting with this show you know what i mean not that i didn't Mm -hmm. like the other episodes but i just Mm -hmm. thought it was like the best one nice james how about you um i give it a 9.5 um i think like there there's two sides of this too there's the like episode as itself did it hit and i'm like well, I'm thinking of the ones that generally people like, which is the third episode in, you know, said arc, like episode three, or I think there was episode six, right? Episode 10. Uh, I think those were like the ending arcs um, for, you know, the, you know what I'm saying? And uh, this did that, you know, not only did it uh, kind of end the arc, it, it worked well as an episode itself. Um, it also ended the season very well. It wrapped everything up everywhere yeah. we were going. It all led back to the same spot. Um, there were hardly any times in it where I just thought like, man, that did not work. That did not land. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks weird, you know, in the background or whatever. Um, I, I think that looking back on the season, you know, um, I was thinking I was kind of given some stuff like low scores. Cause I was thinking there was going to be a higher edge. It didn't, I will say it didn't go as high as I thought it would. I thought it was going to be like explosively big at the end. And it felt like the best episode, you know what I mean? It was like, Oh, so that was better. Yeah. than all the other ones, but it did what didn't like, yeah, like I was, I would hope that it did, but I still think that it landed exactly where it needed to. And that's, that's nine. I saw a lot of stuck the landing phrasing on For sure. uh, social media. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no doubt. And the ending sort of uh, a little bit of a cliffhanger in terms of that dynamic between Luthen and uh, Cassian. Everywhere. So. Everyone mm-hmm. kind of like ended up on a cliffhanger. All the characters. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, Including K2. <laughs> just kidding. Wait, he was in this? I swear, <laughs> no. this show, there's just so much going on. <laughs> He's in the background. No, the rewind button, though, I'll say with Andor, it has been my friend. Uh, there's been some times where I'm like, gotta <laughs> listen to that exchange again. <laughs> gotta, mm-hmm. gotta check in with that. So for us, um, James, 
what what do we got in the Diego's? I, I'm I'm clocking that in at a nine point two. Ooh. Man, that's a lot of Diego Lunas. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Uh, and now our patrons, we checked in with their score. And wow, they gave episode 12. Oh, it's computing. It's computing. B2 EMO says it was a 9.7. Nine you can't eight. even tell. I know. You, you really might can't. as well be perfect. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Wow. He's missing I, an ear. Yeah. Wow. That's nuts. You know, you got to say something about the, the these D, uh, Disney Plus shows for Star Wars. The finales have been of the highest rated. Like the season finale of season two of uh, Mandalorian, uh, the finale of Kenobi. Like, I, I know not Boba Fett necessarily, but... Fett, yeah, but... But that was my favorite. That was my favorite, though. Like the True. finale of Boba Fett, I loved. True. So... But uh, the other two, no doubt. And now Andor. Like, crazy. Um, a couple of comments here. Um, one of our old faithfuls here, Jenna Rosewater, checked in with a 10 across the board. My husband watched the last show with me this morning. Everything from all angles. Uh, Mon Mothma, Mothma, Cassian, Daedra, along with Cyril, came together. And Marva's funeral tied it all very well. Can't wait for season two. So a 10 for Jetta. Um, and then another one here, Mike Lovins. What's up, buddy? 10 the only thing that makes me consider a lower score is rating the fact that the season is over so i think that's uh, a lot of people are going to be missing uh, andor but i think the wor- uh, the weight will be worth it just based on the quality of production that they put into this show so um and season two will be interesting and we're going to speculate on that uh towards the end of the show because uh tony gilroy once again a bit candid uh hence why i'm the president of his fan club um he revealed some things including and we can just say it, K2SO, he confirmed, will be in Andor Season 2. So that's Which great we knew, because I'm pretty sure Alan Tudyk also said the same thing, Season 2. Yeah, well, yeah, well Alan Tudyk also been... said he was going to be in the Season 1. Yeah, yeah but, I was paying yeah. attention to No, but I mean, after he today. said he wouldn't, he said, mm-hmm. oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to be in Season 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of, like, Tony Gilroy finally reveals what, and I'm like, no, all this stuff we knew, all this stuff was out there. He's just repeating mm-hmm. what he's already said elsewhere. They got to get yeah. those clicks, though. Yeah. Got to. You got to. Um, speaking of which, uh, on Monday, we're going to talk all about, just so everyone's wondering for our takes on this stuff, the Bob Iger stuff, the Kathleen oh, Kennedy yeah. rumors. We have a, we're gonna have a great episode stuff. Monday. Yeah. yeah. And again, for, for people who watch on video, that's going to be the first episode on the new channel. And what a way to kick that off. So um, before we get into discussing this episode, because there's a lot to talk about, uh, Lacey, why don't we fire off uh, the last couple of super chats that have come in? Yes. So first we have Stephen G. Thank you, Stephen, for the super chat. He said, "We'll get, uh, Thanks, we'll Steve. get the new spot. Be the best there is. The best there is. The best there ever will be." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of said it, but that, yeah, he, that's a Bret Hart reference because me and Stephen were going back and forth about how we were Bret Hart fans growing. Then why up don't you read it, a... John, so you can read it better? Well, he said, make... "The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be." And he's saying that about our new channel. So thanks, Stephen. Love it. Thank you. Definitely check it out. Then we have Kyle. Kyle. What up, Kyle? How's it going? He said, congrats on the new channel. Hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. I'm happy to be joining live tonight. Holy moly, that finale. So great. Kyle. What's up, Kyle? I love that Kyle's photo. He's with uh, Mr. Carlo Esposito. Esposito. Yes. He's a nice Um, guy. I'll never forget this time I met him and he (laughs) gave me such a hard time. 
like oh, yeah. sarcastically a hard time. He was just like questioning how I was taking his photo for social media when I worked for Comic Cons. And I was like, what? But like he was joking, but I didn't know his character from anything because mm. I had never watched like Breaking Bad. So he like had a very intimidating sound to his voice. And I was like, like what? this guy. Yeah. And he was like, you going to take the picture? And I was like, Ugh. yeah. Well, anyway, let us talk about Andor episode 12. Um, why don't we start by we like we always do by talking about either our favorite moment, quote, shot, what have you. Um, and this week we will start with James. Um, all right, I'm going to give a weird one because I've, I've given some pretty straightforward ones for a long time. So I'm going to highlight a, a moment in the show that I think is kind of not very recognized. I think one of my favorite moments is the reveal that Cyril Karn was actually the person who saved Deidre. And that you didn't whole pick up exchange. on that or you knew that that was going to happen. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying I, what? Well, I think, <laughs> I think she's me. confused that you said revealed, like it was a reveal. It was, I think you mean, yeah, I think you mean that it ended up being that was, it was him saving her is what you're trying to say. Yeah, so they, they make it very clear in the show that she's being pulled by people and they're going to kill her and the guy picks up the gun and all this other stuff. But when, yeah. spin, when he takes the hat off or spins, I forget how they do it. It's a reveal. It's a, oh my God. That's I'm fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm safe, you know? Oh, uh, I guess I, I just assumed that it was going to be him. You assumed that was going to be him? Yeah, because they kept showing him staring at her and they kept cutting back to her and cutting back to him, cutting back to her and then he takes off. The whole point of that scene is a reveal scene. That it's like, oh my God, she's not in danger. James, she's I'm not saying that you're wrong for being oh, revealed to. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, saying I, think I that's assume. supposed to be that's that's what's supposed to happen. I mean, there was not? a vibe. He was like constantly watching her, and then all this stuff happens, and he still is watching her, and they keep cutting back to him, and it's like, oh, okay, he's gonna be the one. He's gonna be the one to save her. And he kept saying, "I love you." <laughs> it was really <laughs> weird. He like just kept saying that throughout the whole like Tony Gilroy, like what? <laughs> He's like, do you, do, you, do you like sugary cereal by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, James. But no, I'm just surprised you didn't you didn't see it as a surprise. Like, I know, obviously, he was, like, watching her, and, like, he's been watching her, and he's keeping tracks on her, and he says he follows her and stuff like that. I get that. But I thought in the, the heat of the moment, they played it very well to be, like, she got caught up in the mob. Somebody was going to kill her. She was being pulled aside, and then it was actually him. It's like, oh, well, okay. No, you're right. I mean, you're and right. that makes sense. Yeah. It just, yeah, yeah, it was like a... I guess it I've just seen a lot way. of romantic comedies and romantic movies where like the girl's in peril and then someone saves her and it ends up to be either the guy she likes or the one she didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you watch too many uh, romantic Hallmark movies, I guess. All right, Lacey. With mobs and guns. <laughs> with, uh, with riots. You know, yeah. there's a lot of riots over there on Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which one do you think, based on what I've said this season, what shot was my favorite? Uh, when Brasso did the WWE thing, and he was like, ah! <laughs> he was awesome, but no, oh. James. Uh, I'm wrong. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's when we see the stormtrooper get kicked out of the tower. <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. Both awesome <laughs> moments. <laughs> My favorite shot is, and it's super fast. They did a camera on Deidre's face as she fell to the ground. And it's mm. the camera falls with her in like in motion with her head. 
So when she hits the ground, the camera, it's kind of like that insurance commercial that people have been seeing where they're like, the girl goes into the insurance place and she's, or the car place. And she's like, I need a new car. And they're like not paying attention to her. And then they take her and they go like this. And she comes back up and she's at her house. It's like a CarMax commercial. It's the same thing. It's like the kind of swing move. It is sick. It was so cool. It was the one time in the episode I went back and played it like three times. It was so cool. Nice. I thought, I thought she was toast. When they were all like piling on her. So and that, yeah, that was the kind of thing for me is I thought she was going to die. But when she got picked up, I knew it was Cyril Karn. Yeah, there were just so many and it could have been just a red herring thing. But so many looked things like zombies building up for her that led me to think she was going to die. And I'll, I'll get to why in mm-hmm. a bit. Obviously, she I didn't, said she but... wasn't going to get out of the season. You yeah, both said that she was. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is this is they're going to kill her here. And then when she That's, got saved, I was like, darn, I'm wrong. But like, oh man, yeah. they got me. That's another thing that was good about the show is that they, they're carrying pretty much most of the people over, which is cool. Um, most of the main players, um, including Blevin. So very good to see Blevin again. Uh, yeah. um, uh, my, <laughs> my favorite I shot. I thought that that was going to be, by the way, the moment that John was right. When the camera came around the door <laughs> and he's talking about like certain moves they're making, I, I was too. like, I, I was sitting there and I was like, if he ends up to be right, I will never, never. hear the end of this. Ever. And then it I realized just, he was, yeah, like, I was like, oh, it's thank just God. a cameo. Sort oh, of thank God. Tony end, Gilroy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I felt like the. Um, like the emotion and the warmth in my chest when B2 saw Cassian again. Uh, Cassian. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And then they had that moment where he's like, you've, you've always been there or you've always come through and stuff. That was cool. But my favorite moment, I, I got to say it, guys, because it's just something about the way they animate that thing in modern um, productions. The Death Star uh, is just... Mm-hmm. So cool looking. I forgot to mention it in my reaction. And all the comments were like, did you not see the scene? I saw it. Oh, you did? Okay. I was going to (laughs) say. I mean, people spoiled it online that there was one. So they did. And uh, I know that that's that's like a, that's like a gray area for people, but let people see that for themselves. Just like there's that excitement that you get when you're like, oh my God, it's not over. Like the book of Boba Fett thing. If people spoiled that at the end of Mandalorian, I would have been pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. anyway, um, it's just that the shot of the Death Star and obviously what it meant because it, they were showing the pieces that the guys were building in the prison. Um, so it's tragic in that own way that, you know, Cassian was a part of doing that. Shakespearean. <laughs> building, you die building, at your own hand. Yeah, building the parts that wound up wiping him, him out. Well, and, we finally figured out, right? We were all sitting here like, what are they? What well, because remember, it was a week or so ago, you know, Andy Serkis was really making the rounds after his knockout final episode. And he said, those things are significant. And right. he, I love he was that. right. I think a lot of people thought Death Star. So I don't think people were shocked. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh, cool. You mm-hmm. know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it wasn't like one I'll, of those. I'll be honest. Twists. I think everybody has been like, they put together the whole connection of like, he was building the things that killed him. But I, that just didn't Tony say that like today or something. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Did he I mean, say, so- I, you mean before the episode came out, he said that? No, I think he said it like after somehow. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I, I didn't put that together at all. The whole like Shakespearean, like he was building the parts that inevitably killed him. Oh. I only saw it as like, like, Hey guys, 
remember Rogue One? <laughs> like I this thought, is yeah. Don't yeah, forget yeah. this is all connected to the bigger Star Wars story. Like and it, right, well, right. I didn't really connect it. I was like, oh, those are the parts, but I didn't really connect it to like Andor and the weapon that kills Andor. You know? Oh, I, I like, thought that two things. That was the I first thing I thought. The Andor thing is the first thing I thought. The second part, as it zooms out, it pulls out. I thought they have so many prisons everywhere to make these. Because they mm-hmm. needed so many of them to connect all those panels together. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Yeah. I'm so confused though, because the Geonosians built the Death Star. Um, they didn't, but the parts were made by someone else. Yeah, the framework maybe Geonosians, but then like the satellite and the technical might be stuff right on that. But again, yeah. this the, to to be fair, the the scene at the end kind of <laughs> threw me a little bit because I'm like, wait, how does that line up with uh, Revenge of the Sith? You know, like it looked like they were putting the dish in then or whatever but it's like i went back and i looked at it in rogue one i thought they no. are yeah, but rogue like, one. yeah but in in revenge of the sith the dish is already in there and the skeleton is is what is not built so it's like they <laughs> pulled it out and like rebuilt it and put it back in or something it's all confusing and i'm like man sometimes i think star wars like i liked the ending and i think it's cool especially because it was connected to cassian but that particular scene i was like it feels to me like they just like anytime they could have an opportunity to show the death star and like remember mm-hmm. the death star it felt a little easy james um i hate to say this but i don't <laughs> hate to say this there's no dish in revenge of the sith <laughs> i went back and rewatched it today <laughs> i'm looking at it i'm literally looking at it right now but it's like there's there's something there and then there's other stuff. The framework of the rest of it is missing. Uh, sorry, man. That's all right, though. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I went and looked at this. I'm looking at it right now. I just know Rogue know. One. They put it in. They go. Yeah. Goes, yeah. But anyway, dun. anyway, that was all my right, favorite. We're live. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Sit. Well, I can't do that. Darn. Maybe I could. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Well, let's talk about this thing. Um, the first thing that caught me was, you know, I know they've been changing this a lot. Uh, with each episode but the opening sort of uh, music as the Andor title comes up and the first thing I heard in my because I used to be in concert band in high school and you would always do you know warm-ups and you would have a tuning note which is usually like an A or something to make sure everyone was on the same page everyone's in tune and stuff so it just sounded like this bland all the instruments sounding the similar thing and that's essentially what it was and then later when you see that marching band the opening of the show is sort of telling you like the rebellion is finally coming together and they're coming in tune and they're getting on the same page. And that's what that opening sort of tuning of the band uh, note sequence was. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I find that so, so cool that, you know, all those times I was getting made fun of for being in band fast forward 20 years. I'm like, now it serves a purpose because now I know why they were doing that in a star Wars show in 2022 but i thought that was really cool that they did that because it's a symbol as many are like including the manifesto and stuff like that of showing the rebellion is finally coming together and becoming uh, an entity a tangible thing Mm -hmm. tom did ask uh did you like the space instruments yeah that was fine i didn't like them (laughs) i mean it was fine but i but 
Imagine James loves everything about Andor except the space instruments. He's like, that's where I draw the line. No, it was, it, look, look, it's it's totally fine. It was the same thing as seeing the the um, uh, Boston Dynamics dogs or something like that. I just I, I saw those instruments and I was like, oh, they just put a they stuck. They taped a clarinet to a flute mm-hmm. and then added some other things to it. That was and definitely was like, a flute. I, yeah, I know I could like. And there were other instruments too. There were very clear, like fa- like normal instruments. They just like dirtied them up and added other things to make them look like they were like digital or something, like electronic versions of French horns and stuff. And I was like, okay, so, all right, <laughs> you know, I was like, it's fine. And I'm sure, like, that's how it is just in general in Star Wars, like you know. <clears throat> but well, James Bainey hates Star Wars, and that's just yeah, how it's going to be yeah. going forward. It's over. So, yeah. This will be my last show, everybody. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> The space less show on this channel for you, pal. Yeah, that's actually true. Yes. Oh, yeah. As I'm blurred out, there we go. Um, <laughs> even your so, camera was like, get him out of here. <laughs> my camera's done with me. My camera's had enough of me for a long time now. <laughs> um, or what else? What else do we want to uh, get into? Because there's just so much. It's one of those things where there's so much. I don't even know where to start. And uh, Marva's I, speech was speech, yeah, one of the yeah. best monologues in Star Wars ever. I wanted to go punch people general. after that. I was like, let's fight. And I'm in like suburban Connecticut. I was <laughs> I was saying that before, before we recorded. I was like, there's something about British people or, you know. Uh, maybe that's why that I've been so riled up all day today. I've been like very like, maybe it's because of Marva's speech is like ingrained in my brain. <laughs> but there's something about British people saying the word bastards. And it's always fighting those bastards. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just <laughs> loved it. I was so fired up. And then Brasso uses Marva to club some guy in the face. She would have so wanted we, that. We weren't far off. We had said that there, she was going to go out with one big bang. And she did because of the speech. She, she rallied everybody. Mm-hmm. And even Cassie, I love when he says the Bix, wasn't she great? I love that. I thought that was so awesome. Oh, my God. Um, she looks so rough, Bix. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But at least oh she God. got out, though. She got she out. Did. She a, did. Yeah. Uh, that speech, you're right, though. This, this show has been all about these speeches. And it's like I was so one... happy that they got she got her moment because that was the thing we all collectively said last week was how could you get such a wonderful actress and then not have her have this big death moment? But don't you also feel that she changed something in Luthen too? Because he looked like he was getting teary eyed during that speech. Yeah. And he's there to kill her son. Yes. So here he is watching her probably didn't maybe understand how much she was willing to give. And that obviously, in my opinion, I could be wrong, changed his tune about killing Cassian because then he just takes off. Yeah. And then Cassian was, goes and he finds him. Yeah. Because it was very much like he went there obviously to kill Cassian. He had one track mind, like, I need to do this. This is for the betterment of me. And Marva's speech was very much like, we should all collectively be fighting back. Yeah. And then Luthen was kind of, I'm sure, in his head being like, I don't, I need Cassian on my side. I don't need to kill Cassian. I don't need to fight Cassian. I need him with me. And that goes back to his, like, I need all the heroes I can get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have this, yeah. like, James, you have this guy who's been this sort of um, stoic, um, devoid, like, void of emotion, showing emotion here. And, it makes you think about his speech about how like he sort of lost everything for all this. Maybe he found something again that he, he thought he lost that he was able to like bring back. And that was a part of like seeing 
the humanity come back in him. And that's why he's like, I'm not going to kill this guy. You know, look at, look at what, you know, his mother meant to him, what she means to this rebellion and stuff. Like it just changes everything. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely when it comes to Luthen being on the hunt for Andor, it's like that, that makes sense up until the point that the guy shows up on your doorstep and says, I'm willing to die. You know yeah. what I mean? And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, hold on. Let me reevaluate the situation. Like, there, there's i mean obviously there's other stuff too where like he's seeing the revolution happen he's seeing how marvo you know led this whole thing and he's the son of this person and and like it's it's all coming together for him but i think the biggest thing to me that makes luthan change his heart at the end is when you're going after somebody to kill him and then they show up and they're like you know like i'm I, either use me or kill me because you know like they're volunteering themselves. They're volunteering their lives. They're giving up their lives to serve for the greater good kind of thing. And he's like, if this person is who, you know, I didn't know this person would go this far. And if he is in fact, this person, then we need to use this person and not just kill him because he's already, he got in to get Bix out. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know that, I guess. Yeah, it just, but it all just came together so perfectly. Like I like, there's no, like I know this wasn't necessarily uh, his plan, but there's no better way to convince Luthen to not kill you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, loved it. Awesome. Well, we do have a super chat that relates to this. Paul, what up? Thanks Ooh. for the super chat. He said Marva's posthumous speech was Posthumous. Easily my fa- posthumous. Sorry. Was easily my favorite moment. Super inspiring. I agree. I teared up. It was I totally teared up. Yeah. It, yeah. I something like when about... they threw the coat over, so it cuts off half of her face at the end. Yeah, I was. Yeah. But on another super chat, thank you, Christian. Said, "Remember, droid tipping is punishable by banishment." Audible gasp. It w- it made me sad when they dumped dumped him over. When well, that's killed. what ignited everything. I know, but they dumped him over, and then it kept cutting back to him being like, mm, mm, and I was like, Oh, I don't want anything to happen to him. He's Imagine just like, like sweetest droid. They tip him over and Marva's speech is still going on, but she's sideways and she's <laughs> yeah. going to start fighting. <laughs> she just keeps talking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what, that's what set like Brasso off and stuff. And he's like, just bricking people in the face. And he's uh, a beast Brasso. He's, he's like a, like a, an underrated MVP of this series. Cause that guy is, as loyal as it gets like a a show all about like betrayal and who's going to be what it was always like that guy's just like a rock for for those people he reminds me of the tank character like uh of any group uh like zeb for instance oh yeah 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 drax yeah he's the the big yeah exactly yeah Yeah. he's the he's a less hairy chewy (laughs) we do have one new super chat Thank you, Ryan. Oop. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, he said Krieger's crew was whipped out. Uh, perfect. Wiped out. Uh, perfectly opportunity for it says whipped out. It does say whipped out. I read exactly what it says on the thing. Perfect opportunity for Cassian to build a crew and fill in. That's not what John was thinking about. He wasn't thinking about Cool Whip because he's a terrible person. Just kidding. What? <laughs> I'm just joking. Ryan. 
that was a great moment. We were just talking about how the whole Blevin thing, when they came around to the corner and Blevin's talking, I was like, please don't let this be Blevin's yeah. on our side. But Lonnie's still there. He's still Lonnie's there kind of going along with everything. And, uh, thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that that I mean, the speech was incredible and the fight was awesome. And I love the fact that, you know, you're seeing on a smaller scale the Empire um underestimating people and overlooking the possibilities of what they could do and like when they say things like yeah we gave them the funeral but we pushed it back a couple hours because they tend to be tired after lunch and then all of a sudden the people just start he starts banging the anvil and they're like uh-oh and the how speech about how happens they're like uh-oh yeah and the whole then, krieger thing where they were like oh uh, you know, Deidre got mad because she was like, you got to bring people in when they're alive. And right, they're like, no, yeah. they're done. It was just to get this out of the emperor's mouth, like get the bad taste out of his mouth. Or of Aldani out of his mouth. Yeah. 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 It just I mean, proves how dumb they kind of are. <laughs> and that Luthen was sort of right. And it sucks, but it's 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 okay in a way. It's weird to say this because we didn't really meet Krieger's crew, so we don't feel it. Sort of yeah, like yeah. when they blow up Alderaan in A New Hope, like we don't feel it the way uh, we do now. We Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um but it's 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 kind of like that and luthan was like sort of right there because then I the know. empire was like oh look how easy that was huh guys bare minimum was effort. like i will send all my men yeah yeah <laughs> but <laughs> it's uh <laughs> We're like, Wait, what? you don't need to send all those men saw and he's like all of them go ahead <laughs> every last the empire's like we killed five thousand people <laughs> Oh, He's geez. like, I will start over. <laughs> <laughs> Makes oh, no sense. Anyway. oh man. Um, yeah. So, how about uh, the Mothma stuff? Still bothers me, but I like the fact that she knows that guy's listening, and she was trying to divert the whole money conversation a bit. Yeah. Oh, that was great, so great smart. Scene. That great was scene. so smart. As soon as she was like, "I need to get around this. I'm going to get around this by blaming him in front of the other guy." Yeah. Loved and, it. And there was a lot. I've done of- that before. <laughs> It, it was a lot of um, throwing her weight around. Right. For the first time, I d- didn't think of them as equals. I thought of her being like the royalty and he married into royalty. And right. she was like the real leader of the family, like putting him in his place. But almost like, uh, like, a, like a mother and a son or something like that. Like, even though she was clearly blaming him for something that he didn't do, he didn't have equal footing. He just had to take it. He was like, I'm not doing that. And then she was like, shut up. Yes, you are kind of thing. And he just like ex- had to accept it because what's he going to do? You know, he, he doesn't have the power that she has. Yeah. And he's like, someone's lying to you. And, he, and she's like, of that, I'm certain. It's like, oh. Oof, the burn. Yeah. He needs some yeah. aloe vera or whatever the Star Wars version of that is. Valo era. Yeah. It would Mm. be like squig jew juice. (laughs) Squig gel. (laughs) It could be something really weird. What? What is happening? (laughs) Um the the other thing for Thanksgiving, that's what's happening. We're on holiday Uh, time now. I don't know. We'll have to tweet uh David Collins about this, but I'm almost positive as soon as we got to Ferrex and there was like a drive-by of a speeder or something, it's verbatim the land speeder uh audio sound. 
I'm almost convinced. Oh, really? The, yeah, the Luke's land speeder sound. Um, oh. Just a small little, like, I think, Easter egg thing. And there was like a defunct droid also when Cassian was walking up those steps. And he was about to, and, and when he gets to his dad's brick and he has that flashback, man, um, that was, uh, that, I love that scene. Since we're so, yeah, that was, that was really good. And I want to go back to that, but since we're on like the Easter egg thing, am I, am I crazy or was the, the, the song that they played for the end credits, was that the first we've heard that music? Oh, I don't even know. I'd have to go back to listen to it. I haven't had a chance. There because... was music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, well, this would be the one time that people paid close attention to the credit music. Oh yeah. It was. Thing. Hey. No, 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 not that one. <laughs> um, hey. Well, anyway, my my thoughts on it, though, was because when I was listening to that, I was like, this is a kind of a um, I don't know what the right word is, but like I don't want to say remix because that implies something different. But it's like a redone version of um, your father would be proud from Rogue One. Um, oh, and okay. it's hard to it's hard to like sort of make it out, but it's definitely like the same progression and where it goes and how it leads into stuff i was like i know this song and this is the first i feel like i've heard this and when i put it together i was like of course it's that song you know of course that's what they would be playing right here that's how rogue one ended this is how andor is going to end and on top of the whole you know tell andor i'm very proud of him and all this other stuff so all that came together of course they're playing that music at the end credits if i'm wrong i'm wrong but go listen to it and see if anybody says that they can make, can make the connection between that's this two cool. pieces of I, music that's if that's the case that's awesome and i gotta check that part out again i think i was just so visually stunted that i was just like it was all it was a loaded episode there's a lot to take away yeah. And there's just so many kind of moments that stick out to me that like shouldn't, but they do. They're like little details like Cyril Karn and the other kind yeah. of officer on that bus where they switch hats. Yeah. I, I liked that moment. I don't know why, but I really did like it. It was kind of this kind of in the moment, like, okay, let's do this moment. Yeah. It felt like was camaraderie, that... but I didn't quite yeah. understand what the purpose of swapping the hats. I, was think, it like he needed a, I think he needed a more general hat and he only like had commoner. his like, imperial hat gotcha yeah yeah and did you guys feel a vibe from them not the not the not the officers but like cyril karn and deidre did you guys feel that yeah, yeah of course yeah because it was uh, i made a I so i recorded myself to take some pictures and to post online of like my actual reactions and in that point i make a face like this i'm like <laughs> It was like very emotionally tense. I thought they were going to kiss. I thought they were going to make out. I thought it was, it's not similar to the Jin and Cassian thing, but there's a parallel there to like the, I can't figure out if it's romantic or not. Whereas like in my case, I look at Jin and and Cassian and I go, it's not romantic. And in this case, I go, I could see how somebody would say it isn't, but this to me is there's something happening between them um whereas the other the the Jen and cassian thing to me is like not a romantic it's not it's just like this this weight of like it's all done and we know how this is going to end and it's not like a connection between the two of them type thing something did irk me a little bit and it wasn't obviously anything tony gilroy or anybody on the creative team did purposely but she says a line along the line along the way of uh i i should thank you 
or something mm-hmm. like that. And I thought that's when she was going to kiss him. And I was like, are we going back to that, like, thanking people by kissing them thing that they tried oh. to say Ray and Ben did? And I was like, I hate this. Can we not do this? And then they didn't. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because I, I don't like that kind of idea of, oh, I'm thanking you by kissing you. Like, I just, I, it, I don't like that. Um, I see it as he... I know he's obsessed with his aspirations and stuff, but he does seem overly interested in her. Mm -hmm. And she, I think for the first time saw something different in him or saw Mm -hmm. him as something of like some substance. I think they're going to build on that, but I wouldn't shock me if one of them uses the emotions of the other one and ends up like being the one that, is their demise, you know? Also, how so. dangerous is it to have two of them fighting against the cause instead of just one? So Deidre's been kind of on her own and been fighting against all these other people that aren't listening. If yeah. he joins the fight with her, you now have two people like that. In yeah, one we, we, I, I said that a while ago. I said, like, I think their, yeah. their storylines are going to come together somehow. And it didn't quite come together as much as I thought, but this led to it probably will in season two. But mm. um, but I think I think that's also there, there's more than a romantic thing there. It is it is this connection that she thought he was crazy. They questioned him. He didn't know anything. He doesn't really care about this whole thing. He's being obsessive. But mm-hmm. the fact that he was there that day, I think there was something that just like made her go this guy is paying attention and he is dedicated to the same thing that I'm dedicated to. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that makes a good point. Well, and also it's if, like staying on Deidre. Um, She's great. She was so great this season. She So th- uh, that whole thing, like I feel like this whole episode was like themed based on that idea of just um, overlooking stuff and like that, mm-hmm. that, that conversation between Clem and Cassian and he's saying like if you just look down all this value is right there but everyone's looking over it and like uh, look what I was able to sell these for and all that stuff and then I then they go to like you know that scene with Deidre and she's saying like oh I don't I don't need an escort let's just keep it small um and and she's going out in the streets of Ferrix and then later on that very day she's getting dragged through the streets like she thought she she was was so arrogant and thinking like these people are nothing like I I don't need an escort we're gonna keep it small like keep it which is the overall theme of the whole series is the empire always overlooks exactly yeah Yeah. And, and yeah and and by by that same way like you have then you have Clem teach like telling his son like the one who sees all is is blessed or whatever he says like the one who's able to notice um uh, everything and then that chant that they were doing you know from stone to sky and, and that sort of thing and the, you know the, those angles and them even talking about the daughters of Ferex and she's like daughters of Ferex who what, what daughters and they're like oh it's just some social club they're they're an annoyance and always I remember, look out for those social clubs I remember Mon Mothma saying they they thought she was just an annoyance you know and it's just like they don't they don't respect these people in terms of what they're capable of. So they go from, you know, her saying like, I don't need an escort in these streets to getting dragged through the streets, almost killed. If it wasn't for Cyril, she would have been killed. And then you evacuate in our moment of triumph. Very Tarkin. (laughs) And then you have that, the other group uh, and, and her talking about the daughters of Ferrix and just referring to them as a social club, like a bingo hall or something. And that they're just an annoyance. And then you have Marva's speech 
rallying the entire as as the daughter of Ferrix, which the last episode's called, rallying the entire thing. So it's just like I loved seeing that the Empire wearing it on their face and then feeling it. Uh, but I have to say, it was cool seeing stormtroopers like being kind of menacing and killing people, and then it made mm-hmm. me think like it adds value to or not value but weight to um owen and beru getting killed by stormtroopers finally because it's you know when obi-wan says this was clearly imperial stormtroopers i thought it was it was a good move to put stormtroopers in that final episode like because regular stormtroopers, yeah. it would have been totally fine if it was these other guys and these officers that we'd never seen before or whatever you know and it just and we would have watched the show and we would have not thought anything of it but you throw you sprinkle in some of those stormtroopers and they're keeping guards and they're there and they threw in the death troopers as well and immediately you're like this is Star Wars. Like it was just a very mm-hmm. easy way. And that's all to be it takes. Like, I'm watching like, Star Wars. Yeah. And, that, and, and in a lot of ways, John, that kind of summarizes some of the things that I think you've had problems with over the show is like, maybe if occasionally they sprinkled in something that was just, just a little bit more distinctly Star Wars. Yeah. That could have just changed this, the, the whole view of the situation. Cause you're like, well, they're not on earth because there's, you know, that alien species over there that we saw from, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. this other movie or there's a or there's a stormtrooper there or whatever it is, you know, like the right, TIE yeah. fighters were great. They could have been this this new ship. It just could have been a patrol ship that they created, but they didn't. They were TIE fighters. And that immediately made that scene like so much cooler and so much grounded in Star Wars reality that we were like, dude, TIE fighters awesome <laughs> you know yeah and this show is awesome for showing us that scene of a tie fighter yeah and my my last and i i completely agree with that i think the, those little things count and we'll talk about season two in, in a little bit and i think we're going to get a lot more of that um i mean not think gilroy pretty much said as much and he said it's going to be a challenge and how he wants to bl- like walk that line but uh the last point about Cassian's parents because like parents in Star Wars is like always just this big thing. Oh, the father moment. So the father moment in him in him talking about cleaning the rust off those things and finding value in things that get overlooked. And again, that whole theme of like overlooking things. And he's like, Cassian, you, you're not going to be one of those people that overlooks things. And that's where we, we understand why Cassian becomes so special because of the lessons from his father. And he cleans the rust off that thing. And he's like, I'm able to sell these. They don't even, the Empire doesn't even care about these anymore because there's a newer model and stuff. And it made me think of George Lucas talking about how X-Wings are these like put together, beat up sort of hot rods when the TIE fighters are new right off the line. And it's that, that dichotomy mm-hmm. between Empire, mm-hmm. like Paul, you know, the whole, um, you know, John Henry thing versus the machine. And then you have Marva saying almost the exact same thing about the Empire is the rust. And, mm-hmm. and I believe that was her actual word. We ignored the rust and the, this disease until it took over. And so it's like, not only does the Empire overlook things, we did too. And that's how they were able to kind of like take us, take over our lives. Yeah, like, it was a good and, message of like, you don't have to be in the rebellion, but by just standing by and doing nothing, you're part yeah. of the problem. And Try. I think that resonates not just on Star Wars, but in general, like anywhere any situation yeah. you're ever in, if you're just standing there while something bad is happening and you're not doing anything, you're just as bad as the bad thing that's happening. Because it's that, that history repeats anything. itself cycle. Right. So it's like the people ignore tyranny or like the seeds of tyranny 
because they think, oh, you're just a crazy person, you know? And then it eventually happens and they take over. But then the people in power ignore the people and the uprising happens. And then that cycles back over and the people take over. But then as we see through our history, it happens again. That's why these dictatorships keep coming. And then we think, oh, this can never happen again. And boy, can it. And then it makes me think of uh, the manifesto, of course. Yeah, I was going to say the manifesto was so perfectly done. I don't know, know, if, I don't know if you if you uh, guys yeah. picked up on when I said it, but I said try when you were yes, doing try. that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's how it eventually ends. He's saying like, the remember only thing this, to remember just, that, try. Yeah, yeah. So like I I thought it was uh, obviously a good time and something that I think most people probably saw coming as we finally got that the the manifesto. I'm assuming that's in full. That's not like a a portion or a partition of it. But mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think we all kind of expected it would be like he'd use that as like a broadcast to people. Or I was something. hoping he would. Yeah, I mean that still could happen. It like still could. Yeah, it still could. Um, I will say, you know, there were there were parts in this um, episode that really like took me back to other episodes and hearing his voice again just made me rethink like what felt in some ways it felt so just the other day and in other ways it felt like last year. But it's like seeing that that scene of them taking off and that box coming back and hitting him. It's just like, oh my gosh, man. Yeah. This show has taken us on quite a journey. Yeah. And um, you know, we, I, I think we said it like up top at the beginning, like what we were thankful for. And I, I, you know, one of the things is like, I'm thankful that this show existed because it was it was it's it has not been the typical Star Wars show that we've been expecting. Right. Um and, you know, in some, some days I read the news and I say, Andor is not performing well in audiences. And other days I'm like, no, it is. It's top of the charts. You know, it's like, so I keep seeing it go back and forth. But at the end of the day, it's like, I think this is a show that really is going to be something that people use as evidence as why Star Wars is good for years and years and years to come. They're going to be like, reevaluating lines that were that were said here in the dialogue they're going to be reevaluating scenes and we're going to be relooking over it again and again um and saying well, you know i yeah. forgot how good this scene was and i mean we do that with the other shows too but there's something there's something about the dialogue and the way these characters were written that really is just like substantial in the sense that that's why it's getting critical review too. It's not a typical star Wars show. I agree of substance there that I think we, I mean, we'll never fully get all of it. Like some people will get it and, but not everything because there's, there's just so much substance there in this, in this series. Yeah. I don't need and uh, and or to win awards to validate star Wars. Like, no, I George Lucas was so punk rock in like giving the finger to all the guilds and stuff. I don't need like we don't need that. Okay, like keep your awards. If it wins, it's cool. I will say this. I do like the idea of it winning awards when people are saying that it's not landing with audiences because then yes, because then I have the justification of saying it's not for audiences it's for the awards. Like they did this for this reason and getting the awards justifies that if it doesn't get any awards and it gets panned and all this other stuff, I'm going to be like, okay, well, I, then I don't know. I mean, what was it up against? Cause that, that yeah. show must be 
ridiculously good too. Yeah. But and the uh the the whole thing about the manifesto and you know I wish I had the transcript of it in front of me but the like the gist of it was that tyranny is unnatural and um freedom is natural and it's just a matter of um nobody wants to be it. told what to do that's just basic and and he was sort of saying what we were saying about how all these people are out there and they're a part of it and they don't realize it like we've been saying that all these weeks like like mm-hmm. they're a part of it, but they, they need something to to tangibly latch onto to say that this is worth it it is something this isn't just me having thoughts um, so question, that's coming in season two was it worth it to Mon to give away her daughter? I'll get to that in one second because I think I'm I'm struggling the most out of it out, out of out of all of us. And I mean, one guy like yelled at me last week about it. But I, um, the the whole when he said the whole thing about the empire and tyranny and stuff is unnatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brain went right to Palpatine talking about the dark side of the force as a pathway to many abilities some considered to be unnatural. And it's just like that 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 sort of fit with me too. And now he had different mm-hmm. motivations and his involved the force and, and the dark side and stuff, but it all goes hand in hand. Like none of that stuff should be. And it just is because of um, uh, just greed and, and lust for power. Right. right. But right. yeah, the, 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 the daughter thing, like, I don't even know what the, I, I maybe I'm not it was smart heartbreaking to, to why watch. she did that. Like, why does she do it? She's she just, because the I daughter she, wanted it anyway. That's a, that whole thing. Either I'm not getting it or it just bothers me. It's because the daughter wanted it anyway. Guys, so she, yeah. she, well, I think it bothered me personally because you see the emotions and the dread and the pain reflected on Mon, Moth's, Mon mm-hmm. Mothma's face. If you look at the daughter, she's perfectly fine with it. She's somewhat happy. She doesn't care. But what Mon is going through is what I'm connecting with, and that's why I think it's a bad thing. However, if the daughter really wanted to go through with it, which she clearly does, then that's her choice. But at the end of the day, there is kind of this underlining kind of – what's the word I'm looking for? It's just kind of terrible feeling of, yeah, the daughter's doing it because she wants to do it, but she's also doing it because Mon Mothma set this up to kind of sell her daughter away. See that that's and that's sort of the thing that I think is sort of different and maybe I just have a different view on it. But like I think like here in America, we think of more of like marry who you love is like the more like normal thing. But in like so many other countries, like arranged marriages and betrothal and stuff is is just like she's only 14. I know. Well, I don't necessarily know that she's getting married tomorrow. I mean, she would be getting married at 16. Sure. But um well didn't mon mothma say she was 15 or something no she said yeah. she was 16 right well I either, don't know, way. Just, either way it doesn't really matter the, yeah the point yeah the point being that i just think like the that world of like arranged marriages to me like in other countries people are like they they that's okay like people they don't they're not opposed to it and they think that it works and they learn to love the other person and then they do love the other person you know so it's like it that doesn't seem as crazy to me but it but i know that when they're doing it in the show they're definitely leaning in the like western look on it like that's not a normal thing to do and people should be marrying for love and not arranging marriages for political reasons and stuff but 
I think but again, I think it makes it a little easier because she's she's all for that. She's hmm. yeah. To me, the tragedy of it is the the misery of Mon Mothma's personal life and her daughter sure. could her daughter could look three feet to her right and see thirty years into her future, and she's still like exactly. Yep, this, this, yep. yep this works. This works. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. She's seeing what's happening to her daughter and going. I, you know, promised myself as a mother that I wouldn't put my daughter through what I went through. And now yeah, she's seeing yeah. it repeat itself again, even if it's her daughter's choice. She's still, I said this a couple of weeks ago and I stand by it. Like at 15, you're not thinking what 35 year old you would think. No. So she's looking at her 15, 14, 13 year old daughter going, you don't know what you want, even yeah. though you think you know what you want. Even when I was she, 20, wants, I was, she wants the power that Mon Mothma has. She wants the money that Mon Mothma has. She wants there's the, just so many the, layers of kind yeah. of just to this situation that like you can kind of take it from different sides. The interesting thing is I've actually come around and I've seen a couple of people talk about it online that Perrin isn't as bad as I thought he was when I first got into those first few episodes. Like he kind of sucks as a husband, but I don't think he's a bad person compared to like you think early in the a- season oblivious because he's just like there for the party he doesn't care about anybody else i think he's he's just just trying to enjoy what circumstances he's in he reminds me an alcoholic he's constantly drinking (laughs) he reminds me a lot of stanley tucci really yeah he's uh he's the father in um easy i can't remember is it easy a i wanted to say that yeah he's the father in easy a and it seems like it's not like he's the he's a cool dad or something like that but it's like he sort of has this ability to sort of like remember like like well you know she's gonna have fun at that party you know kind of thing i I don't know i get this this vibe from him that maybe at the end of the day he's not bad dad he's just too cool dad i don't think Mm. he's a bad dad i think he's far on the cool dad side yeah, I don't I think he's a bad think, dad. I think he's a bad husband. Uh, yeah, I think he just wants to party and then just. But I'm have saying fun I don't think and... he's as bad as maybe some of the other characters we're seeing in the show. When initially, I think collectively on the internet, we all were like, "Parents sucks." Well, and also don't forget today. Suck, we, but... we today too. He had a little bit of a um, redeeming moment when he was getting blamed for something that he didn't do. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, we're sitting there and we're almost like, I know why Mon Mothma is doing this. So I don't, I'm not getting mad at her for being wrong in this scenario, but she is in fact like pinning all of this on him. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm not, I gave it up. You know, these these shows have a fall guy. He's a fall guy. Sucks. Now I'm being blamed for this and I didn't even do it. You know, he's cool with her being, I sound like a teenager. Really argue about it. it. Yeah, he's cool with her being God. married off because it takes responsibility off of himself, and all he cares about is having a good time. He can't. He he always has a drink in his hand. That's not an accident by the directors. He's just there. To, he doesn't care about like being a dad. He's, it doesn't but, mean he hates his daughter. He just wants to have a good time. He's all about he's these parties party. and social yeah. stuff and use money and and, but also, and excess and all that stuff. You're right, but I, but I want to lean on the the redeeming moment because remember here too, he had a gambling problem. And he faced it and he doesn't gamble anymore. He did so he recognize, says. 
Well, well, yeah, but I think that's the point of the moment is I think that sure. we're supposed to know that he yeah. did have this problem. It was addressed. He got over it. He's not addicted to gambling. He hasn't been gambling behind her back, but he is in fact being blamed for it. And that sucks, you know, and, and there's, I don't want to say it's redeeming. It's not redeeming of him. That's the wrong word, but I feel like there's a little bit of like empathy on him as like, dang, that sucks. Like he, he, it's, it's like, I used to be an alcoholic. I'm not anymore. But now, now my wife is telling me that I've been drinking again, and I there's no way to prove that I haven't. You know, I just want I want I, I'm done with this daughter storyline. There's so many other stuff to explore. <laughs> not not in. I don't mean us talking about it. I mean the show. I, I you just hope that like next season sense. it's yeah. not as big yeah. of a thing. Let Although her go I th- off. And, I yeah. think it will. It's only one year from now, and I. I don't know. I think it still could be part of the storyline next season, but oh, is now God. a good time to get into that? Or have we missed anything from this episode? Well, the only thing I want to ask you guys about is which I guess does take into next season is like, what do you guys think of the last scene between Luthen and Cassian? Do you think they've found a mutual respect now? And now it's not, I'm going to kill you anymore. Like what we were saying before about Luthen seeing the speech and that changed his tone. And he saw Cassian seek him out. Cassian could have killed him right there. He didn't. Um, yeah, the smile gave it away that everything's cool. And Cassian says, so so then yeah. kill me. Like, it was a little odd, I think, but I, I think now it's sort of like, all right, we're good here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, and look, this, I'm, I'm not going to get into religion here, but I, th- I think it's kind of one of those things where he's saying, I'm laying my life down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm willing to die. My the, the Andor that was doesn't exist anymore and it's sort of like i'm willing to die for this cause and and luthan's looking at that now as the opportunity to take him under the wing and truthfully make him what he thought he could be or what he he thought maybe he could be um and was alluding to early in the season but you know it was really just luthan playing the long game to try to get him to do what he needed him to do right Mm -hmm. but if any of that was true, I think by the end of this episode and by the end of the first season, Luthen's looking at, and then he goes, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I actually, maybe this could be my predecessor or not. Pre- uh, one of my successor. Protege <laughs> and successor. Yeah. Maybe I could teach this guy what I know and he could be a big ally in this fight which he obviously does because right now they're calling him axis but later that entity is basically fulcrum you know it's like the 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 key changer the the everything on the rebellion lies on this person and the information that they're carrying so it's like he yeah. is going to train luth uh, uh um cassian what, what he needs to be cassian everyone there going to basically kill cassian indoor and he evaded everything Yes. And, snu- and snuck up so on Luthen in his own awesome. ship. So, and did like, exactly what he wanted so cool. to. Got all yeah. team members out and everything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It kind of was epi- like yeah. a superhero moment with him out being a superhero. Like he succeeds I, yeah. at every, every second. I think that needs to be said too, from me especially, because I've been a little harsh on the show, not Diego Luna, for um, just Putting other... Yeah. Other characters getting bigger moments than those monologues and those standout moments where people mm-hmm. are still talking about Andy Serkis. They're still talking about Gen- Genevieve O'Reilly. They're still talking about Stellan Skarsgård. The, I mean, Diego Luna was great in this episode, like mm-hmm. really, really great. And uh, overall with, you know, what he had, he did great in this uh, season. And I think that's going to carry over into season two. So 
Um, but moving on, and, and I saw people commenting about Cinta and Vel, and there's a lot to, to get into there. They're going to explore that more clearly in season two, but Cinta, I agree. She seems I, like, like tunnel vision. She's like, this is more important than whatever we have. And that's maybe that's a part of showing what the fight can even do to the good guys, which is sort right. of like make you lose touch with your humanity a bit or mm-hmm. your, your emotions, and your care and compassion. Like, I like their scene. I, I liked their scene yeah. because it, for the first <clears throat> time, it felt like it felt like all through the episode Vel was wanting was part of it, but she didn't really truthfully give into it. And Cinder was the one that's like, it's the right thing to do. You need to do it. Let's push forward. And she's pushing her towards that. But now that they've leaned so far back that way, this is the opportunity that Vel says you're going too deep. And the relationship works because you need to be able to pull that person back when you're getting too involved. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. Um, and I know we're up against time. So James, you're right. Let's, let's take a peek at some of the things maybe Gilroy said about season two, obviously the first being K2SO, uh, confirming that I know like Lacey, you were saying Alan Tudyk did, but, uh, Gilroy saying it holds more water for me. Um, cause he, he seems to be like, I'll just, I'll just not put him in, you know? <laughs> so I'm glad he said he's coming in. Um, in other aspects of the show, he said he's trying to figure out and he brought in certain writers to figure out how to introduce these legacy locations and legacy characters and stuff. So mm-hmm. do we think we're going to maybe get some of those people that we had speculated previously on like an Emphis Nest or, or anybody from Rogue I would One? love to see Emphis Nest in this show. It I, would make a lot of sense. You know, Benthic's there. Um, I, I, She's I, so I, fabulous. I would love to see her. Like, I think... Besides K2SO, which is obviously the moment I've been waiting for, <laughs> uh, her arrival in any way would be such a highlight moment for me. Yeah. I, I can't I wait would... for K2SO. I am so pumped. For I mean, I'm, I'm glad, especially if they're seeing Aaron Kellyman in, in Willow. It's like, oh, she's amazing. Back. Yeah. yeah, she I mean, kills I... it. I keep thinking of that too. Like she clearly has, she did the solo thing. Then she did Falcon and the winter soldier. Now she's back in Willow. It's like, she's definitely on the Disney plus. Uh, and train, people are going you know, to as as like love her in Willow. They will. I, people are going to flip yeah. out about her. in Willow. She kills it. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, and we actually talk a little bit about that on the, on Monday's show, but uh but no, I, I think um, I think she would be a, a good character to bring in. Um, I'm excited about K2. I, I don't know like how, like, I don't know. I, I could see that character being ridden off just as easily as Saul being like, and you're going to help the Cloud Riders, but not me, you know, or something like that. And it just could be a, a throwaway line if they bring Saul back in. Um, which I think they will. I, th- I Do you guys think I Saul mean, Guerrera is, is there, coming back? So there, she has to show up at some point. I think Saw will definitely be back yeah, because he'll be he, back. he's he's in Rogue One, and whether or not we see, I don't. I, I keep forgetting about how he how he gets his injuries canonically. I don't know if it's in. Is it in the Rogue One prequel book, or is it like in like in Rebels? Is he all banged up? He's not, right? Wait, he looks wait a minute. What's, what's the whole point with Two Tubes? Because he Two Tubes was with the Cloud Riders before, and now he's with Saw. So that wouldn't yeah. mean that she'd have to show up because she would have already showed up before. No, but I'm saying I would love an explanation like, of why. why he got yeah. there. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a little, that's going back in time. What was your thing though, John? You said the, about the, well, Saw's injuries. Like, is that any way we could, we could see that or see him post injuries in, in the show and maybe year one. That was his mask, but he, he lost his legs. Yeah. But, but I don't, but what? (laughs) Sorry. I'm thinking about Dave Chappelle. What we can do about my legs. (laughs) Um, he he's in rebels though in uh bby like two and he still has both his legs so and I, his I, hair right yeah he's a yeah i mean his hair i'm thinking about forth. lieutenant dan yeah. he doesn't have hair at the beginning of rogue one he has hair at the end of rogue one so it's like he's right. constantly like yeah. going back and forth mm-hmm. yeah. but it's um He's gonna but be. He's in still it. got it. He's yeah. still got his legs and everything up to two. The only time you would see him lose, if they show him without his legs, like Rogue One style, it would be in the last six episodes, potentially. Because you know who we're three getting... BBY would be before Rebels, and he still has. His legs. I'll tell you one character we're one hundred percent getting in season two, and I'm gonna call a book it on it, and it's Radis. And I say that because it makes sense, but also Stephen Stanton, like he. He pumps Star Wars, but he has been very adamantly pumping Andor. And I'm like, I think he's coming in to voice Radis for season two. I don't know that. He's I been talking like, about it nonstop. Asked him he about has. it or He talks about like everything, that. though. He's just a lovely person that keeps... Oh, he's about he's about put yeah. Radis and Akbar in the same room. That'd be cool. I'd love oh, yeah. You're going to get Bail Organa in season My two. My boy Akbar deserve better um you're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of people popping up draven we're gonna see draven in season two Merrick. um yep we're gonna see those uh, some of those a bunch of those rogue one people in like the later half of the season or something like that and we're gonna get a rebe- uh the yevon four base and maybe something else so i think for people um like me um and maybe even people more egregious um towards the series because i enjoyed this series i enjoy all live action star wars it was fabulous it was very good um, there's a lot of questions think, but it's good i think season two might hit home better for people because it's going to be that sort of perfect bridge blend between uh what season one of Andor was and what rogue one is because even rogue one like i said pushed the envelope a little far with the cameos and stuff like c3po mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. r2d2 and, and dr revazan and stuff and mm-hmm. i think and i'd love to see the the keepers of the wills and if they go to Jeddah or something like that and see because i could i could never go without more cheer it like that i would be all about that yeah fulcrum yeah i mean there's a lot of things there's a lot of things and we and we're going to talk monday also about the potential whether we think rebels characters will show up we're not going to say that now because we're going to talk about it on uh on monday Monday. but Mm -hmm. anything else about anything else about uh, season two before we hop out of here season two nope i'm just i can't wait although it's the cool thing is it started filming this past week the sad thing is is i don't think we're seeing it what for two years three years two years uh two years yeah 2024 yeah just in time for a presidential election so i'm sure people will be really spicy about uh that stuff but Mm -hmm. um uh, I know we have uh, one more super chat. Is that right, Lacey? We have a couple more. So let's oh. uh, get some of these in here. We have David Ford. What up, David? Thank you for the super chat. It said Ferrix Construction Supplies. Quote: People are dying to get our bricks. No. <laughs> I think Hi-o. this is your best one yet, David. Well done. <laughs> yes, David. 
then we have Paul. Thank you again, Paul, who said, great show tonight. Happy Thanksgiving. May the force be with you all. See you on the new channel next week. That's right. That's right. Yes. Thank you again, Paul. Thank you, David, if that's your real name. Um, (laughs) Misa think uh, not. (laughs) I want to thank everybody. And and again, for our audio listeners, the the URL for the YouTube channel, please do subscribe. Uh, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast um, we'll be posting links to it of course uh, with our episode as they launch um, and uh, we really appreciate it but again just a reminder we're changing our setup a bit because we're doing live Thursdays now every week's going to be live we're going to do a live show so you'll be able to be in the live chat as we talk about the news which is really cool um, and then that will hit your podcast apps Friday morning and then the Monday show uh, will be our discussion shows and that will hit your podcast apps at the same time on Monday morning. So um, those will be recorded, but the Thursday shows are going to be live. And uh, of course, when the streaming shows come back, we'll adjust there and and do those live shows um, on the days those come out, which sounds like Wednesday is going to be the day. But wouldn't it be cool if Sunday nights were like a thing? Like, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, Mando Fan Show will be back in February. And before we know it, we'll be flying across the pond to london for celebration so can't wait but if you're a patron of trb first of all thank you um and before we we get out of here thank you to everybody who has been listening and watching and supporting us we couldn't do this without any of you especially our patrons so uh if you do want to support the podcast it's a good time to do it because more content is coming we got our willow stuff coming and we're going to be doing indie stuff i know i am uh patreon.com slash resistance broadcast tiers start at five dollars per month thank you for any and all support the no joke the the support we get from our patrons uh are the reason why we were able to take a chance and start a new channel no question about it and i want to thank our generals and spice runners carmelo john Reese, jetta rosewater frank grande darth hurricane nick kratz christian morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori matt heath chris white brendan mclaughlin count pepto sneaky zebra and paul sullivan and spice runners david Provost, neil shaw kendall galner ryan war dave hornack thomas hennessy Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you all so much. Uh, Johnny Hoey on Twitter and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. We just put out an episode on The Dark Knight and we're doing Batman Returns for a Christmas movie in two weeks. Um, Lacey. Uh, first, we have a super chat from Christian. Thank you, Christian, for the super chat. He uh, said, sorry, I you. missed you guys. The first live show for Andor, but here I am now eager to see you guys grow your new channel onwards and upwards. Let's go to hyperspace. Oh, Punch man. it, Christian. Punch Thanks, it. Man. Uh, people can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Hive oh. at Lacey Gillerin. And you can find me on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. It is. Uh, ITS. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. And I guess. All right. And speaking of patrons, if you are a patron, uh, hop over to the Patreon page because we're going to be going live for our Q&A where you can ask us literally any question. Uh, and you did. You submitted a bunch, so we're going to answer those in about seven minutes. So I'm going to go freshen up, get myself another uh, glass of water here, and we'll see you soon. But for everyone who checked in, thank you very much for joining us on this journey through Andor. It's been a lot of fun, and we'll see you next time, Monday morning, with another episode. Uh, So happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. (laughs) 